The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 1919, 1919. Yeah, today, well, Force Friday is in the books. And so on today's episode, I'm going to be taking a look at what new things we've learned about the rise of Skywalker thanks to all the merchandise that came out. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and today we're going to focus on the rise of Skywalker because that's really kind of the big headline news situation. And for a start, you know, there are a couple of things that are new from a character perspective or from a trooper perspective in particular. I mean, we knew that there was a Sith trooper, but apparently there's also a Sith jet trooper, not just a standard first order jet trooper. There's one of those and then also a Sith jet trooper. There's a new level of first order snow trooper, the elite snow trooper, and apparently we're going to be encountering those on the planet Kijimi, where Zori Bliss is hanging out. More about that in a moment. But we can also figure out some things or consider some things as interesting based on just the packaging shots themselves. Like, for example, the fact that the new version of the Millennium Falcon from LEGO, as well as the action figure of Poe Dameron, as well as the action figure for Rey, all depict these characters and ships in a forested location. Now, we already knew Rey was in a forested location because we've seen that in Rise of Skywalker footage. And at Celebration Chicago, there was, it was either a still shot or a bit of artwork. I'm not quite positive, but during the Rise of Skywalker panel, there was a shot displayed and it showed the Millennium Falcon again in a forest setting. So it isn't necessarily new per se, but it does kind of help us continue to connect the dots around which characters are where and you know, not necessarily when in the movie because that we don't know either, but we suspect that it's probably earlier rather than later by comparison. I also find it kind of interesting that in the Pisana speeder set from Lego, one of the little inset shots for the stuff that comes with the set includes a box full of excavation tools. And so it does make you wonder whether they've just hijacked a speeder that happened to have some excavation tools on it, or if in fact they are trying to do some excavation of something on Pisana. That presents an intriguing possibility. But let's get to the descriptions on the backs of some of these figures. Now, the standard collection figures, like the smaller three and three quarter inch ones, they don't have any descriptions on their boxes, but the Black Series six inch figures do. And so here's what it says in the back of the Supreme Leader Kylo Ren box. It says, as Supreme Leader of the First Order, Kylo Ren wields more power than ever before. Nevertheless, Ren continues to search for secrets of the Force from the depths of the dark side. And when you pair that with the details on the Sith Trooper package, which says, in its ultimate push toward galactic conquest, the First Order readies an army of elite soldiers that draw inspiration and power from a dark and ancient legacy. I read those and I wonder 
how that translates to the notion in The Last Jedi where Rey says that the First Order is poised to gain military control of the galaxy in a matter of weeks. And we talked here on the show previously about how that might just particularly imply, for example, things like having control of hyperspace lanes, which would control access to, you know, very important parts of the galaxy. And, you know, those are kind of like choke points. And so it's significant in its way. But the ultimate conquest would probably require a lot greater presence and maybe these Sith troopers are a part of it. And so maybe there's something implied by Kylo's new ruminations over the helmet of Darth Vader and possibly Sith artifacts he's been seeking out. I mean, you know, this would certainly be one of the most valuable Sith artifacts that he could possibly find is the shell of Darth Vader. Or is it? Is it really? I mean, if he has renounced the dark side of the Force at the moment of his death, is it really a Sith-laden artifact anymore? Anything related to Darth Vader? I don't know. Maybe the castle is if it still stands on Mustafar, but as far as his armor goes, yeah, I'm not so sure. Meanwhile, the description for Rey says that she continues to study the Jedi ways, but she grows concerned about what the future and the Force may hold in store for her, which is really kind of deep and intriguing, and it encapsulates what we talked about on yesterday's episode, the two questions from Chris Terrio's interview with Empire Magazine about who Rey is and how strong the Force is. And this suggests that, you know, we already know that she is studying the books and having 3PO translate the books that she took from the sacred mystic Jedi tree <laughs> in The Last Jedi. We know that from the comic book series, the Poe Dameron series. And we strongly suspect that she's communing with at least one Force ghost in the person of Luke Skywalker. So there is some sort of deeper mystical connection that's happening here. And Chris Terrio has already made it clear that yes, they really dove into this and it is going to inform the story of The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about Dio after the break, which, you know, might be surprising, but it ends up connecting a few dots unexpectedly. And so we'll dig into that after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the Asteroid Belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7, and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the Asteroid Belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. So here's the description on the back of the Black Series Ray figure, which comes with Dio, for Dio. It says, Cobbled from odds and ends in the workshop of a droid smith, little Dio is an impressionable little roller that becomes fixated upon BB-8. Now, here is what we also know. The Lego Y-Wing that was released features Zori Bliss and Poe Dameron and an elite snowtrooper, Dio, and BB-8. And something that we haven't yet talked about, which is from the Empire Magazine reveals, is that that little guy that comes with C-3PO, whose name is Babu Frink, is actually a droid smith who is present among the spice runners on Kajimi. And for what it's worth, it's said that he can hack into virtually any droid, regardless of security system or anything like that. So, couple of things. First of all, it sounds like Dio comes specifically from Babu Frank's workshop, all right? So there's that. 
And secondly, the thing with C-3PO, if you cast your mind back to The Force Awakens and when BB-8 showed up on Takodana, the First Order was obviously notified by Bazin Natal, but the Resistance was notified by a droid designated GA-97, and in the Poe Dameron comics we find out that C-3PO has been acting as a spy master with a network of droids across the galaxy sending him information, and that is how the Resistance found out about BB-8, because this GA-97 connected into C-3PO's spy network and got the word back to them. So, naturally, hearing about a Droidsmith who can hack virtually any droid and knowing that C-3PO has a network of droid spies. Is it possible that this guy, Babu Frink, is going to end up hacking a First Order droid and having it basically become a spy within the First Order for the Resistance and connect up to C-3PO's network? Kind of an interesting possibility, perhaps? And this also does suggest an order of events, or at least an order of planetary arrival, if you will, for The Rise of Skywalker. Because if Dio is cobbled together in the lab of a droid smith, i.e. Babu Frank, who is on Kajimi, and then we also see Dio on Pasana, it stands to reason that the events on Kajimi happen before the events that happen on Pasana in The Rise of Skywalker. And that is where I'm going to leave things with our look at The Rise of Skywalker based on the reveals from the merchandise coming out on Triple Force Friday and for this episode as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.